This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Foxes, how the devil are you? I hope you're well, I hope you're good. How's your weekend been so far? Well, you know what day it is. It's Sunday, it's the new winter time, it's 10am, so it's time for the famous Foxes Aftermath show. Your opinion really matters, so get them comments in. You know what? Let's get going, it's kickoff time. Come on you Foxes! Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. Are you ready for the show? Thanks to our sponsors, ADT Taxis, Everards, Pucka Pies, Pink Car Leasing, Lester Riders, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Peter's Pizzeria, Hope Against Cancer, and Newbie and Co Estate Agents. We want your views, we want your comments, so join us live. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Devil, are you? are you good? Are you well? I've got a special guest coming on in a minute, Charlie Carmichael from TalkSport. He's going to give his reviews. Huge Leicester fan. But let's just get things in a bit of perspective so far. 13 out of 14 games. 29 scored. 8 conceded. Goal difference of 21 goals. 16, uh, 16 6 clean sheets. 13 different uh, scorers already. Best ever start to the Championship in our history. What more could you ask for? And it's not even November yet. So on that point, I'm going to bring Charlie in, a friend of the show that was in, I think he was on about February time before. Morning, Charlie. How are you? Morning, mate. Yeah, very well. Thanks. How are you? Very good. Are you enjoying this role? It's not even a roller coaster ride this year, is it? Are you enjoying the ride this year? It's great, isn't it? Yeah, I think all the fans are a little bit worried getting relegated to the Championship, especially obviously with Rogers going, but the off-field sort of malaise of how it was going with the ownership and everything. Um, no one really knew how we were going to get on this season. But um, one thing they've definitely got emphatically right is the appointment of Enzo Maresca because we're absolutely flying. Oh, yeah. I mean, after I think you've sort of just answered that question a little bit. After relegation, 
did you think we would have this many points at this time, or did you think it's going to be a bit of a slow rebuild? No, I, I, I thought the latter. I thought it was going to be difficult season. I probably would have taken top six before a ball was kicked. Um, I wasn't really sure where we were going to line up. Obviously, you didn't know who was coming into the club, who was going out of the club. Enzo Maresca obviously come with a big reputation with Pep's assistant having just won the treble, but in his only previous sort of managerial role with Palmer didn't work out so well. So really didn't know what to expect. So yeah, to say I'm pleasantly surprised is probably an understatement. Yeah, see, I wasn't sure. It never. I mean, all we ever got was, oh, we only had 14 games at Palmer. He's only ever been an assistant manager. We don't know what kind of style he's playing, what he can do. And I was a little bit worried. And like yourself, I thought we were going to struggle. And I think a lot of fans that watch here as well also said that before, when I was doing my shows and that before the season started, they thought we might have... I don't say we've been pleasantly surprised. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Or what the words it would just be it's so surprising how well we're doing and we're taking it by storm and i don't think some of the away fans realized that we lost 14 players at the start of the season and he had to regroup uh, re regroup yeah regroup refresh rebuild whatever you want to put into it the players he's brought in one in particular harry winks he wanted harry winks from the very first moment he walked through that door because he said he was going to be pivotal to how he wants to play I mean, what more can you... I mean, one of the other... I think it was When You're Smiling podcast called him The Owl and because he, he looks everywhere. How do you think Winks has been playing so far and what's impressed you the most? Yeah, well, I mean, he's clearly way too good to be playing at this level. Um, I mean, he looks... Uh, this is a guy who's got, you know, what, 10 England caps. He's been playing Champions League uh, football with, with Tottenham Hotspur in the past. Obviously, you know, fallen off somewhat, whether it's injuries, form-related, you know, kind of lost his way, went to Sampdoria last season. But... I mean, at this level, he just looks complete cut above everyone else. And um, yeah, I mean, even excluding the goal yesterday, you would have said just like his passing, the way he keeps things ticking over. You probably couldn't think of a more perfectly fitted player stylistically to what Maresca wants to bring to the team to just kind of knit the attack and defence together. And um, yeah, if he's going to add top corner goals to his locker like that as well, then there's, is there anything he can't do? <laughs> uh, yeah, he doesn't make so many... Lo thing is with him, he doesn't make the long pass, does he? He makes the easy pass. And I think that's what makes his game look so good. He finds the player. I mean, what, what game was it? Really? 100%, oh, Norwich, wasn't it? He had a 100% pass ratio. Uh, pass, uh, pass, I can't remember I'm thinking of now. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and he looks, he does the easy things well, doesn't he? He doesn't do the difficult things. And we've been saying on here, we've actually upgraded from Yuri Tillemans to Harry Winks. Is that your take on it? Or would, would you prefer to, would you have liked seeing Yuri in this division? Or do you think we have upgraded? Uh, I, I just think that the, despite the fact they're kind of both kind of deep line playmakers, I'd say Harry Winks is kind of more suited to that. It's more of a stylistic thing than anything. It's not necessarily saying that Harry Winks could do what Yuri Tillemans does and vice, vice versa. I don't think that Yuri Tillemans could do what Harry Winks is doing at the minute. Um, going back to what you were saying earlier about just playing the short passes and keeping it simple. It's interesting because at the start of the season, that felt like a real point of frustration for quite a lot of fans, like playing it out from the back and being too slow and too methodical. <laughs> there you go. Um but it being kind of like a tactical instruction from Maresca to say, no, play it into Harry, let him draw one or two people onto him, play it straight back to Vestergaard or whoever's in defence. And then there's a man free somewhere else and we can start to move. So um, from the outside looking in, it can seem like a bit laboured or a bit just like, you know, two uh, sort of five yard passes. They're, they're kind of needless. We need to look long and stuff like that. But it's kind of waiting and waiting until the play sort of draws in on us from the opposition and then we can play out. Um which in some regards has looked fantastic. You know, we've seen examples of that against, you know, uh, QPR yesterday, Sunderland, uh, Southampton. 
then other games as well where the opposition is just completely reluctant to press whatsoever and Yannick Vestergaard's kind of just parked in the centre circle just getting his deck chair out looking for options. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say this to you. It's the last couple of games I think it's proved a way of other teams playing against us. If they give it a good go and come for us, we sort of struggle and get a bit flustered and it's a bit chaotic. And like Maresca has said he doesn't like his football being chaotic. But and we sort of I think we sort of changed the plan a little bit yesterday. We we did have a plan B yesterday, didn't we? And it seemed to work. Um but I think that's the way when the people try and park the bus, we can break them down. But if they're going to give it a good go, I think that's where we might struggle this year. Yeah, it's interesting to see how he kind of changes things. I think Sunderland was a good example of this, obviously moving JJ from the left centre-back to the right centre-back to handle Jack Clark and obviously the threat that he brings being the championship top goal scorer. So I think stylistically he's got his principles and it's kind of underlying that that's not going to change. But in terms of the the personnel or the the different ways in which we do things, if people are going to really step onto us, if Hermanson just wants to hit it long and Vardy's in behind, you know, we're happy to play like that as well. Like it's not not wedded to the idea of consistently playing out from the back and having exactly the same uh, formation and positions all the time. So there will be little tweaks, but the, the the basic premise of like dominating the ball and trying to play through the lines and things like that are stuff that you'll see in every game. Yeah, the last couple of games, you seem to have um, had put, played more of a longer ball style of football, haven't we? There's been more long balls going through than the short and they sort of bypassed the midfield a little bit, but then they've gone back to the style of playing it short, playing it simple, Getting the defense, getting the defense, getting the, the team pressing, and I noticed that a lot more in the second half. QPR were pressing a lot more, and it gave them gave them space behind to get that ball into Winks, and they were able to do it. But then they were able to do the long ball as well, which is good. That whether Moresca's told them this, that they can actually, you don't have to rely just on this one style of play, which the last couple of years has been very blinkered and played that way, haven't we? But now, which seems to change in the style. Through, through the game, which is great. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I think it's it's a massive headache for the opposition because essentially you either need your uh, attacking defence to really press up and go man for man and, and really put it on us to try and stop us playing out from the back. Now, if you do that, there's two things that can happen. One is either your defence also has to press up and if it does, then you play in a high line and like you were alluding to, Hermanson or whoever it is, Vestigar can chip balls over the top and Bardi or Mavadidi or whoever's got that space to run into. If your defence then sits deep, the problem that you have is if you if Leicester beat that initial press, there's then yards of space to play in, in between the midfield um, and the defence of the opposition for the likes of uh, Indidi or Cassidy or KDH to pick up the ball and do some real damage. So the opposition is kind of uh, in this halfway house where it's like, do we push everyone up and then risk being caught in behind by a long ball? Or do we just push up the first kind of two lines, uh, the two banks, and then leave space in between our defence and midfield? That could possibly be exploited if they can manage to play around that press. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Wilf or ND, uh, Wilf or ND, Wilf, Wilf, Wilf or Cassidy there. Uh, Ryan's asked you, we are a much better team with ND in. Cassidy doesn't offer much for, for him. Would you agree with that? Because I thought Sunderland, Cassidy, was had a great game. But yesterday, it was just an average game yesterday for him. But he's still had a good game, but not as good as the Sunderland game. So would you have yeah. Wilf or Cassidy? Because it's a new position for Wilf this year, isn't it? Yeah, I think if you'd asked me three games ago, I would have completely agreed. I would have said Cassidy's not offering much. He's really struggling to get into the team. Uh, indeed, he's far superior. I still think Indeed he's the best option there. Don't get me wrong. I think if, if everyone's fully fit in the squad, Wilfred Indeedy 100% starts in that sort of like number eight, more advanced role. Um, Cassidy is improving, though. I think we've seen in the last few games, OK, QPR 
wasn't at his best, but I don't think many players, to be honest, yesterday, bar Winks were at their best. Um, but against Sunderland, I thought he did well. Against uh, Stoke, he played uh, he played reasonably well as well. So he's, he's slowly kind of growing into the system. It's probably a bit more of a new role for him. He's probably used to playing kind of box to box, whereas Maresk is asking him to play a bit higher up and playing with sort of close control in close quarters, where he's probably used to having space to burst into. But I think we saw it even in on his debut as well. Like um, he's got that knack of being able to time his run into the box as sort of like the secondary striker to attack crosses or to get on the end of things. So I think that's a real strong point of his game and maybe something that indeed he has worked on an awful lot. But uh, I mean, the transformation in indeed is ridiculous. I mean, this, this is guy, guy's gone from being one of the best holding midfielders in the Premier League to massively struggling and falling off a cliff with injuries to now being, you know, I think uh, Leicester fans get a bit carried away, but comparing him to Zidane in there. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it's just a style of play. We don't need we don't need that defensive midfielder uh, like Rogers needed two or three. Sometimes you needed to to play. But one of the other things I noticed yesterday was uh, I'll just show you a quick photo. Was just after the goal, you've got Doosby Hall pulling uh, Harry Winks back, and I turned around and she said, "Why is she doing that for?" And I said, "Because he's on a booking, and if he goes in the crowd, he's going to get booked." Now, that is pretty damn good, I think, from Doosby Hall. He's got like a head, an old head on young shoulders. He knew what was going to happen and he pulled him away, which I think was great. And I think that's fantastic. He seems to have grown up in this league, Doosby Hall has. Yeah, massively. He's definitely become one of the leaders of the team. You know, you could see him becoming the future kind of club captain with everything that he's doing. Um, both him and Winks were both on bookings, right. like booking away from suspension before this game, which is obviously a kind of double jeopardy with Leeds being the next game as well. So I did worry when Fataru went down and there was that that scuffle that I was just like, as long as KDH and Winks aren't involved in that whatsoever, I'm happy. If Vardy wants to go in and do his usual thing, no problem. But just well, did on. you see Vardy? Did you see yeah. Vardy? There's some photos. He is right in the middle of it and he's up to the QPR flag. And I haven't seen passion like that for a long time from him. And even when the goal was scored, you can see from the other angle, there's a picture of him and he's giving it large with the fans as well. And I think Vardy's got the passion as well. It seemed the fight and the passion and the spirit. I think Roger had got rid of it all. Maraska's brought it in. Maraska's brought it in. And I, he's not firing the goals, but he's bringing something to the team, Vardy, isn't he, as well? Yeah, you can't underestimate how much of a difference it makes just to have things off the pitch, just like good, harmonious, passionate, everyone pulling in the same direction. We saw how the wheels can fall off under Rogers last year. Like the talent was there. There's no disputing that. But the place just absolutely stunk. Like everyone was, you know, at, at each other's throats and stuff. There wasn't any like uh, coordination or passion or anything like that. So, yeah, Maresca bringing that back off the pitch is almost as important as what he's done on the pitch as well. And bringing in people like Connor Cody, okay, hasn't made a massive impact on the pitch yet. But I'm sure behind the scenes, he's having a real big impact on the dressing room and things like that. Um, yeah, I agree. Because Connor Cody's been in the changing rooms when he was injured. He went to a few of the away games, didn't he? And I think he was, he's that kind of bloke. He's a scouser and he likes getting involved in stuff. And he's got, I think he's got a lot of fight in him. Not saying all Liverpool players have got fight in him, but most of them have. Um, Jono's asked a good question. How can Enzo stop complacency setting in? Because he thinks there were shades of complacency shown yesterday. Would you agree on that? Did you think we were just, did the players look like they were just turning up? and expecting to win yesterday. Yeah, it did kind of feel a little bit like they had half their eye on Leeds. Um, sort of thinking, OK, this is a team that's lost, you know, five in a row. We've won five in a row. You know, this should be a, a formality for us. But um, 
I think, you know, Maresca's been doing it well already. The heavy rotation that he's doing was sort of criticised or questioned a little bit at the start, but it does certainly keep people on their toes, you know, making sure that, you know, if you have a bad game, you just won't play the next game. You know, we have a big enough squad and enough quality for this level to just be able to rotate. So, you know, let's take uh, Mavadidi, for example. If Mavadidi doesn't turn up and doesn't have a good game, like someone else is going to come in and take that place. It could be Yunus Atkin, it could be Casey McAteer. Like, we're not short of options. The only one that you'd probably struggle with as a light-for-light replacement is Harry Winks. But, I mean, he's showing absolutely zero signs of complacency, so long may that continue. Well, yeah, it's, it's nice that... And it, it's it's like he's giving players a go. Like Chowdhury, he had to go out on loan to get games last year. Rogers seemed to stick with the same eleven no matter what. And there was no confidence given to like the, the reserves or well the the second string players. Um but now he's bringing them in. He's brought Chowdhury in, he's played Adgun, he's played Cassidy. He brought Vestergaard in when no one thought Vestergaard was ever going to play for the game uh, for the club again. And he seems to be outstanding. Yes, it's the championship, and he's probably found his level in the championship, but you still you can only beat what's put in front of you, can't you? And Vestergaard, I'm not gonna say he's a well beater, but he looks a lot different to what he was the last two years at Leicester. Yeah, no, 100%. It comes back to what I was saying with Ndidi, uh, not Ndidi, sorry, with Harry Winks and uh, Yuri Tillemans. It's, it's a stylistic thing and like understanding where you fit into a system. Rogers was never playing a formation or a style that suited what Yannick Vestergaard brought to the table, which makes it even more baffling why he signed him on deadline day. But um, this whole system is set up to allow us to get the very, very best out of Yannick Vestergaard. He's got two centre-backs at either side of him who can cover him for pace and make recovery runs. Uh, he's allowed time on the ball to kind of spray passes and dictate things. He's got Harry Winks to play quick one-twos off if he wants to make um, sort of a longer pass he can do. Like the whole system's kind of built to get the very, very best out of Yannick Vestergaard and really hide his flaws. If you're going to play him in a flat back four and you're going to ask to play a high line and, you know, there's a little bit of passing here and there, but there's no one naturally to play it off to. We've seen how much he can struggle in that. Like, so he's a, just a, a defender with a very, very distinct skill set. And if you're going to build around that, then fantastic. If you're not, then you've got a question why you would want him as part of the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, where's that? <laughs> Harry Winks is a Rolls-Royce. You've got Mavi Devi that's a Lamborghini on, on, the, on the wings. How many more cards are we going to have on the pitch by the end of the season? <laughs> but yeah, Mavi Devi, he's come from, I want to say come from nowhere. He's been around and he looks like he's found a home, doesn't he? He's, he started at Derby, he's been at Charlton, he was at Juve and he was at somewhere else abroad. I can't remember. Where did we buy him from? Um, somewhere in France, I can't remember the exact thing. Yeah, oh, was it, was it? Oh, yeah, somewhere, I can't remember exactly where it was. He seems like he's found a home and he wants to play for this club. He, he's a bit in and out, but he's got the skills, hasn't he, Mavadivi, to do that job on that wing? Yeah, it's interesting. He seems like the one winger that's uh, sort of almost immune to rotation under Maresca so far. You know, we've seen McAteer come in and out. We've seen uh, Atkin come in and out. We've seen it with uh, Fatawa as well. With Mavadidi, I think there's still more to offer. I think there's still more we can get out of him. You know, at some some points in the games, he, he looks a bit sort of stuck. I think what's interesting about like comparing him to say like Fatoa, for example, like he's just so unpredictable. He's like, um, I mean, Diabate was obviously terrible for us, but he's one of these players that almost reminds me a bit of Diabate in the sense that he's yeah. just unpredictable yeah. and just run at people. And we had, he does it with a lot more success than Diabate ever used to do it. But with Mamadidi, he seems a bit almost like he plays within himself a, a little bit at the time. And like, there's his more to offer. He could maybe trust himself a bit more. You know, we saw that brilliant solo goal that he scored against Southampton right at the end where he just nicks the ball past Will Smallbone and goes in one-on-one. Has the confidence to take the shot after after not swearing a one-on-one to Vardy earlier. 
Um, so yeah, I think Mavadidi is full of talent. I think maybe this just needs to express himself a little bit more and get a bit more out of him. Yeah. Um, Daniel, David's just asked about the AFCON. We're going to lose about four or five players in January. Have we got to win every single game from now till January to just give us that little bit of leeway um, for there? Because that's going to be tough to try and cover them four players, isn't it? Four or five? Four five. Four or five anyway, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think we should be okay. I think that the injuries actually time up quite nicely with Tom Cannon and Dennis Pratt basically coming back into the full fitness and in, back into the squad in time for Ian Acho and Ndidi to depart. So I think Cannon will naturally take that uh, position in... Um, that Ian Acho was doing a kind of rotate with Vardy quite naturally. Uh, you've got Dennis Pratt and Cassidy who will probably just sort of rotate next to KDH in place of thing. I think Fatua will be an interesting one to lose, but obviously Casey McAteer is now back from injuries, playing well. Unisat Gunn's going to be more integrated and stuff. So I think we've got enough quality in the squad to to, to give, sort of navigate that. I think I think we have actually, when we get to the AFCON, we if we keep going the way we are, we might be promoted by January. I don't know whether that's ever been done, but it seems the way it is. Um, we've got Leeds. Huge game on Friday night, next Friday night. I was going to fly back for it, but the flights are too expensive, so it's a bit too much for me. We're 14 points clear of Leeds, and it's not even November yet, Charlie. It's And if we beat Leeds, that'd be our fifth consecutive win at home. It, I don't know. Is it done and dusted? Not done and dusted, but... How can we keep a feet on the ground if we start having if we've got a seventeen point lead after next week's game? Yeah, I think Leeds will be a really interesting game. Obviously, they they dismantled Huddersfield the other day. They seem like they're starting to click in, into gear now under uh, Daniel Fark. I actually thought going back to what we were talking about at the start, like the way my expectations preseason are probably mirrored by what Southampton are doing. Bit up and down, bit erratic, kind of in the playoff positions, doing okay. So the fact that, you know, we've pulled well clear of Leeds and Southampton, because I think one thing that a lot of opposition fans level at is, well, of course you're doing well. You know, look at the quality, look at the parachute payments, look, blah, 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 blah. Not too dissimilar to the position that Leeds and Southampton have found themselves in. And we're obviously done a lot better than them to begin with for the start of the season. But Leeds will be a really interesting game. I think for them, it's it is almost becoming a must win, which sounds crazy at this stage of the season. But, you know, they are going to be losing too much ground to us if we go and turn them over at the King Power Stadium. But... I mean, if we play like we did against QPR, I, I think we'll struggle. But if we play as well as we know we can do and we have done at different patches of the season, then we should have enough quality. Yeah, it's like Aggie's just said, the two massive games, isn't it? Leeds and Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough away, which could be our, our eighth consecutive win on the bounce. Well, it's not actually eight, it's ten. If we beat Middlesbrough, it'd be ten consecutive championship away wins because we won the last two games in 2013-14. Uh, in the championship winning season. So it'd be 10 consecutive wins in the championship, eight this season. That's some going, isn't it? That's some start to a season. There's only four of the clubs that have done it in any league whatsoever, have won as many have we got from the start of the season. It's going to be tough, isn't it? Like I said, we've got to try and keep our feet on the ground. And is it just a case of taking one game at a time or are we going to take these two together because it's international week the week after? I don't think Maresca will allow that. I think just the way he manages is just game by game, just making sure that everyone's bang up for it. If people aren't training well in training today, tomorrow, stuff, they're not going to get picked for the Leeds game. Like he is just that kind of like, I don't want to say authoritarian, but he's very you know strict with what he does and he makes sure that everyone's on point, everyone's pulling in the right direction. You know, we've seen it even with uh, Wanya Marcel, for example, obviously scores 
that goal against Cardiff and then he's just kind of bombed out the team. Now, we don't know what the, the background story to that is. We know he's got a, you know, his contract's coming to an end and whether his agent saw that performance and thought, oh, all right, well, we'll push for a bit more money. And he's thought, you don't, you don't make the rules, I make the rules, you're not playing anymore. You know, sort of a, give him a, a bit of a humbling and that. I don't know whether that's what's happened or not, but it's clear to see that, you know, he, he's, he's not going to allow people to, to get their feet off the ground. He's going to make sure that everyone's fully focused on every game one at a time. So what kind of ch- would would you envisage any changes for the Leeds game? Ricky P surely come back in for Chowdhury, I would have thought. Yeah, I think um here like uh, Ricardo Pereira will come back in and play. I'd imagine that Wild Faze will come back in for Connor Cody as well at the back. We'll probably go to a similar team that we saw against Sunderland. If indeed he's fit, I'd imagine indeed he'll play um over Cassidy. Be interesting to see with McAteer obviously coming off the bench and he's now sort of back in contention as well. I'd be surprised given the way that Fatawa and Mavadidi are playing, he'll probably have to settle for a place on the bench again. Um, Vardy and Ian Acho is always an interesting one, I think. Maybe Vardy might be slightly better suited to this one. I think, think when... Moraska tosses a coin before the match, or, uh, edges his Nacho, tails his Vardy. Yeah, I think it depends who we're playing. Like, obviously, last two games, like you said, against Sunderland and QPR, they've they've had a bit of a go at us and come on to us. And I think when teams do that and they leave a bit more space, Vardy hasn't really, you know, exploited it, to be fair to him. He didn't really make the most of it against QPR, but um, that sort of suits uh, Jamie Vardy better. Whereas when we're playing a team like Stoke or Preston, who just completely parked the bus against us, Ian Acho, when he can kind of drop into those spaces, link play and and, and help kind of break and unpick a defence, I think he's got a bit more to offer on the ball to feet rather than Vardy obviously running in behind. So it really is more opposition dependent, I think. Yeah, I was quite happy. I'm a bit old school, Charlie. So when he brought Nacho and Vardy we were on, I thought, oh, we're going for two up top. I thought, oh, that's great. I love a bit of two up top. But And then he took Vardy off about five minutes later. I think McAteer came on for Vardy, did he? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was McAteer for Vardy. Um, I do like that combination. And it's like a check. So I was a bit disappointed, but... It's not his style of play to play that way, is it? Two up top, unfortunately. No, I, I mean, I thought when we before Moresco got appointed, I I was thinking, well, one of the best things we could probably do this season in the championship because we can't afford to go two up top because of the quality we have, we'd be playing Ian Acho and Dakar together because the two of them have never really looked convincing at Premier League level when playing as a lone striker. They've always struggled, but they've got skill sets that perfectly complement one another. You've got Ian Acho who likes to drop deep and link play and can kind of make late runs into the box and he's got that technical ability. And then you've got the Dakar who's, you know, not on the same level as Jamie Vardy, but somebody who's got the raw kind of pace and attributes to run in behind. So you would have thought the two of them playing in tandem with one another would work really well. But Maresca again is quite wedded to this like one up top approach and whether it's, you know, Dakar for whatever reason just hasn't been given that opportunity to show what he can do this season. So um, I don't think he'll be much missed in uh, it, when going to the AFCON in January and it might well be the last we see of him. He might get a January move. He probably will. Charlie, it's been great having you on. I mean, last time you came on, it was just as we were talking about whether we're going down or not. And you said, no, I don't think we're going to go down. So come on, are we going to win the league? Are we going to get promoted? Yeah, I'd I'd be surprised from here where we're sitting at the minute if we don't go up automatically. I mean, massive credit to Ipswich, by the way. Like the way that they're playing, the fact that we've got a record points tally for this stage of a championship season. And if Ipswich win their game in hand, they're only two points away from that. That is an absolutely phenomenal job that they're doing with the squad and the resources they have available. But um, you would expect that we can kind of last the test over the course of the season, whether yeah. Ipswich can do the same over 40, 40 odd games remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, I expect Leeds and Southampton to get better, but hopefully we've got enough of a buffer now. 
I mean, if you're an Ipswich fan, you'd be going, oh, we've got the record points for the season. Oh, no, we haven't. Leicester have got more than us. You'd be really cheesed off, wouldn't you? Because you broke the record as well, but Leicester have broke it even more, which I don't know. But if, like you say, Ipswich, I'm not sure Ipswich will stay there all the time. I don't think they've got the, the, uh, the, the depth in squad like we have to go on for the full 46 games of the whole season. They've got to have a bit of a breaking point sooner or later, I think. Yeah, what's well, interesting, I mean, they're playing George Hurst up front, who would theoretically, if he had stayed at Leicester, what, been our fifth choice striker behind Cannon yeah. and Dakin. We bought him for one and a half million pounds. And all right, he's not tearing up any trees in terms of the goals he's scoring in the championship, but he's pretty integral to the way they play. And, you I know, think so, he actually scored yesterday, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's got a few goals, got some assists and stuff. So you think, like, with the that's, that's the standard of their team, though, which is massive credit to uh, McKenna, the manager, in terms of what he's getting out of them. Yeah. He is. Come on then. Last question. I know it's still a week away, but score prediction for next week. You've got surely it's got to be a home a home win, hasn't it, for us next week? After yeah, I think, it'd be a tight, I think it'd be a tight one, but I'll, I'll go for two one Leicester. There we go. Charlie's going for two one Leicester. Uh, Charlie, enjoy your new job from tomorrow. Hope it goes well for you, and um, be much appreciated seeing you on here, pal, again. And hopefully we'll see you later on in the season. Yeah, nice one. Cheers for having me on. Cheers, Charlie. Thanks a lot, mate. Be good. See you later, pal. There we go. We'll get a few of the... Uh, there's Charlie's views on TalkSport from TalkSport. Starts his new job tomorrow. Actually, much appreciated for him waking up nice and early to get us on. Let's bring Jono in that's been waiting patiently in the background. Jono, how are you? Lox is there somewhere, but I think he's just having a crafty fag or a gin in this time of the morning. We'll wait for Lox to come on as well in a minute when he pulls his finger out. Uh, Jono. We keep breaking records, don't we, pal? Yeah, we can't. We can't stop. We can't um, stop breaking. Oh, here's locks as well. Let's get locks in. Few minutes. We'll. Few minutes. We're locks in, Jono. You know, before we start the season, we're all after the rubbish season we had last season. We're all a bit optimistic about how well we'll bounce back. You know, all the staff members, whole team swap, new manager. You know, everyone was a bit like. You know, we're not gonna. I don't know how we're gonna react. Lox was the only one who was like, "We're gonna do. We're gonna smash this. We're gonna get all the points. We're gonna smash this." And we're like, "Lox, he's, like, he's not far wrong, are you, Lox? You no, three like, points off." We're like, "Lox, like, I know, I know, we got relegated, but we're gonna. I think we'll like kind of struggle to get into it. But we've been absolutely flying. Like, no one can say we've played excellent the whole season. We haven't. We played in pretty much average the whole season, but we're still winning it." Most of our game. Games, that's the thing. So that's if we if we find our form like Leeds have, we we've got no we've got no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lops, you're about breaking records. We're now twenty unbeaten away games in the championship. Um, twenty games away from home and beat. I know it stretches over ten years, but it's still a hell of a record to have, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, mate. We're just uh, we're just too good for this. Uh, look. I... Every time I say this, people say, well, we were relegated. Yeah, I get that. I understand it. But we are too good for this league. I think every player we've got in our starting 11 um, could play at, for at least at least a, a lower, you know, champion uh, Premier League team, um, in my opinion, anyway. And, um, you know, th there is obviously the case. Would this team now stay up in the Premier League? I don't know. It's hard to say. But um, one thing is for sure, I... I I think it's quite obvious that that we are too good for this league, and I think I think we'll be promoted automatic. I think we'll be promoted on mathematically promoted by the start of March. I think. 
See, I was speaking It'll to a Blackburn fun. fan this morning while I was walking the dog, and he didn't realise that we'd got rid of uh, nearly 14 players. Yeah. He thought we still, he said, oh, you're going to win the league. I said, we got rid of 14 players and we've yep. replaced them with yep. championship quality players. He didn't realise that at all. I mean, you mate, you just have to look on paper at like some of the players that are on our bench, you know, at times as well. And obviously I know Dak has had a really, really poor, well, you know, he had a decent start obviously with that that hat trick in uh, in Europe for us, but he's not been great. Um, but in the championship, mate, I- I'm sure Dakar would score quite a few goals if he started every game in the championship. Obviously, he just doesn't get the chance. Do. Give him a few games and yeah, get him into the swing of things. Yeah, I think Dakar would score, but yeah, I think he's just the same like Vestergaard, really. It's just going to be he's got that what do you call it? Carrot, no, what do you call it on his back? I can't remember what you call it now. He's like the scapegoat, and yeah, yeah, he has to be a scapegoat, and yeah. So it was Vestergaard, and now Vestergaard seems to have got that, got rid of that, and it seems to be he's in the team and he's a decent player. I think Dakar would score, would score goals, but I can't see him getting a chance to be honest, especially because Cannon's started uh, training again. I mean, mate, we've had Con- we've had Connor Cody on the bench for the majority of our games, and like, and yesterday, obviously, Cody played and fast, about fast is on the bench, like a Belgian international, and it's just like. I don't know, mate. It, I, it's just, it's a bit, it's for me now. I said it in my show on Thursday, mate. Like, I'm not even thinking about promotion. Like, winning the, winning the, winning the league isn't actually in my mind because I just, I, I just think it's going to happen. I'm like now thinking, come on, let's break the points record. So, monkey. Cheers, remember that is monkey on his back. That was what it was. Monkey on his back. Yeah. Um, but, John, I, I was expecting Vestergaard to be dropped and Cody to come in. I didn't expect it to be phased to be dropped for Vest, uh, for Cody. Were you quite surprised with the team selection yesterday? Not really. You can't be surprised with this the, the team selections because Morass is going to swap. You know, he knows how important it is to rotate your team and have the same. <laughs> it's a nice, I like this shirt. It but, reminds uh, me of the Arsenal kit a few years ago when it was well, all um, yellow. Bruce Banana. Oh, weird. The Bruce Banana one. Yeah, near enough, yeah. But I thought, I thought, I've lost the train of thought then. Best of guard. Best of guard instead of Cody. That's yeah, um, I can't, you can't be surprised with the rotation because you know how important it is to keep players fit and you know not overusing them. Uh, this is why Ipswich, I think, will burn out because they haven't got the depth that we have. They've got the same team in and out. So, but... I. Uh, I would expect to see Cody coming more later on in the season. Locks, you're a bit of a mathematician. Work that one out. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll be mathematically promoted by the end of Jan, just because I think Leeds and Ipswich will win a lot of games. So, obviously, we won't be automatically promoted. Because um, I think, you know, technically, Leeds or Ipswich could still catch us mathematically. Um, I think it'll be more like end of February, start of March. But... Um, I don't think either of them are catching us. I think Leeds are too inconsistent. Uh, I think they've got, a, you know, a, a howler in them um, still. Ipswich, you know, we keep... Well, yeah, I, I keep saying, obviously, that Ipswich are going to fall away, which doesn't look like it's happening. But I still think it will happen at some point. So, yeah. And can I just say as well what Jono mentioned about rotation? I think that's the most important part. Maresca obviously, has been mentored by Pep Guardiola and... You know, that's Pep Guardiola's go-to thing. It's his it's his bread and butter, you know, rotation. And, and not only does it keep, obviously, people, players fresh, um, but it also means that 
you know, you look at McAteer, for example, he was a he was a shoe in right for a starter for us at the start of the season. He got injured. I know it's obviously a bit different because he was injured. He hasn't been dropped, but he was injured. Fatu who's come in. He's been really good. And now there's now there's now there's competition, mate. You know, Fatu who's going to have to keep performing because if he doesn't, McAteer straight back in. in. Yeah. And that's the, that's the main thing about rotation when it's not, you know, unforced rotation is that players come in. They play an absolute worldie of a game, and then suddenly the person who's played ten games can't go back in the team, and that and that is, and then they've got to work hard, you know, on their when they come off the bench. So it's just everything's coming together, Jamie. Everything's it coming is, together it? perfectly. It is. It's like it's all about Vestergaard. Vestergaard doesn't deserve to be dropped. No, no, he's vital. He's important. playing well, and he doesn't deserve to be dropped at all. Like, mm-hmm. you drop FaZe and Cody. And, and I think two... that showed yesterday, having two changes in that back line made a bit of a difference. The, the only player I feel that we will heavily miss if they get injured is Winks. Yeah. That's the only player I feel that if we lose out on, we'll struggle. Yeah, and even when you look at Leeds, mate, when they've rotated before, whether it was unforced or or forced, um, they've had some poor games when they've played like a second string side. They've they've lost, you know, a couple of games which they really shouldn't have because they've had to. Yeah, you know, that this is the thing. It's all well and good as you know praising Maresca, obviously saying you know Maresca like the rotation of his players is is becoming you know amazing, you know is really good. However, let's be honest. He has that luxury, unlike pretty much every single team in the championship. We're probably the only team in the championship that could swap someone out. Obviously, we can't say for Winks for sure yet because we haven't seen it, but pretty much there's the only team in the championship that could switch out every single player and really not be that heavily affected. You know what I mean? If, if you take out Vestergaard one game, we've got Cody. If you take out Vardy one game, you've got Ian Acho, Makatea, Fatuu. Yeah. It, we we are we have a, a very 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 strong healthy squad, and I said at the start of the season, and this also got a load of uh, backlash, mate. I said I think our second string team would would finish in the playoffs. Our complete B yeah. team would finish in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, we played well against Liverpool with a I think it was ten changes, didn't we? We gave a yeah. good account of ourselves against Liverpool, um, but that was in the League Cup, and it, they didn't have the strongest team out. But we still gave it a good go, and I think that's it gives. Look, I, want, I don't want to say second string or B team. It sounds too much like they're not good enough. So I'm not sure yeah. what words to use. Squad players. It gives the other squad players confidence that they can just come in, get a game, and it gives. And there's a chance. If Chadwick actually had a world yesterday, who knows? Ricky P might have not been able to get in the team for a few weeks. It gives them that chance to uh, compete and get confidence, which is what hasn't been happening over the last few years. Anyway, Jono, before we let you go, I know it's a week away. Score line for next week. I said we'll. I said after the last international break, you know, I got slated for saying we'll get twelve points. We've got twelve points, so I'm going to go for draw. I hope, for, like, hopefully, we win. But I think Leeds will be a different kettle of fish to what we face. This, this is the hardest game of the season we'll have against Leeds and they've come off a brilliant run of form. We're in a in what we call a slump. We have not been playing well the last two games. So this well, this we is we have a top played one. three games in seven days though. So that might be a cause of it. And it it might be, but so have Leeds. 
Yeah, no, but yeah. Yeah, but I so, don't know about their team, whether they played. We've got a week off now. My heart, my heart says a bit. My heart says win, my head says draw. Two one win, two two draw. Ooh, okay then, Jono. Cheers for that, pal. We shall see you next week, mate. Be good. See you later. No, put a different shirt on next week. No, it's I like the shirt. It's this is a good Give kit. me a bit of an That shirt is pal. <laughs> see you later, mate. Be good. Locks, or should I say, Mystic Locks? Because you did well last week. You got the three-one spot on, didn't you? Again, no. Yeah, against Swansea, you said three-one. When we were one nil down, yeah, I said three yeah. one. Uh, I also said Mavadidi would score against Sunderland. I was, I wasn't right, but I was close because obviously he scored yesterday. So, four days uh, off, so it wasn't too. Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. No, no, not. Crystal ball wasn't quite right, was it? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Leeds game. This might surprise a few people. I'm gonna go for a draw. I'm gonna go two two. Uh, our first draw yeah, of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Jono said maybe 2-2 as well. So, yeah, I, I'm going 2-2. I think I still don't think it's going to be the hardest game when in, in the actual game. I think Ipswich will be more difficult, but I just think Leeds, um, just just like us, they have, you know, they have those those gems in their team. They have those bits of talent um, which are above, cut above the championship. Um, so, like, for example, your Wilfred Nonto or your, your Joel Pirro, who who we wanted Leicester to sign, or a few of us wanted Leicester to sign in, in the summer. Um, I just think they'll have a bit of quality, um, just like us, and I think it will uh, will cancel each other out, and I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. But I'm happy with that, mate, because, again, that's, uh, you know, we've won 12 out of 13 games. Is it 12 out of 13? 13 12, out of 14. 13 out of 14 games. Um and we haven't had a draw yet, so you know. No, which is unusual. I'd rather. Well, I, yeah, I'd like a few draws, but I would like a I'd like to keep winning as well, though. So, but I wouldn't mind taking a draw. But I'd rather have the draws away from home. But I want to keep the record going away from home of keep winning and keep winning. Yes. Yeah. It, nice, it was, but... Yeah. I mean, I've said two two. I think it'll be a really good game. I think it'll be exciting. I think there'll be you know lots of shots and lots of chances. Um, but I just think two-two uh, is is uh, yeah is what's going to happen. So we'll see. Hope, hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, I'm wrong. But I've Let's not been wrong too many Lox. times this season. Let's so old Mystic Locks is wrong. He hasn't rubbed, he's rubbed his balls the wrong way this week. And uh, will be that will make that will mean one point closer to the the points record. So it will be yeah. all points muchly appreciated from anybody. Yes, absolutely. Locks, we shall see you later, pal. Be good. Have fun, and we'll see Cheers, you later. Have a nice day. Cheers. See you in a bit. See you later. There we go. Another Foxes Aftermath show for you fans out there, run by us fans. What more can we say? Seven wins on the bounce. Best ever start to an away season. 13 out of 14. 39 points. What more? What more do we want? What more can we do? How can we push these players? We can push these players by getting three points against Leeds, making it 17 points difference from us to third place. Ciao, ciao. Adios. Goodbye. Arrivederci. Come on, you foxes. Thanks for watching Leicester Fan TV. Thanks to our sponsors, ADT Taxis, Everards, Pucka Pies, Pink Car Leasing, Leicester Riders, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Peter's Pizzeria, Hope Against Cancer, and Newbie and Co Estate Agents. Make sure to follow us on all of our social channels at Leicester Fan TV. Visit our website, LesterFanTV.com.
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.